0: hello and welcome this is friend request i'm your host justin lamb and we are back for season two this is episode 40 Uh, this is my friend sandra i have not talked to her since we were hanging out at movie theaters when we were 16 and being little punk rock kids and it was an absolute delight to talk to her and catch up and hear her incredible journey uh, and story of everything that's gone on in her life up until this point and some of the amazing things that she's doing right now with her time um to further causes that she believes in and I could not be happier with with how this turned out and the conversation we had so I hope you guys enjoy my interview with Sandra Anyway hi thank you <laughs> um so i usually start out with how i know people okay and i was thinking about this yesterday and it's i'm not entirely sure how i know you or that entire group (laughs) like i don't know if it all started at waterford cinema and it was just like a couple groups of little punk rock kids hanging out together or if someone knew someone i really have no idea i I
1: don't either can you shed any light on that i don't either i don't know if there was someone that knew the clarkston crew from the waterford crew or from the white lake crew at some point which one were you part of i was part of the waterford okay um (laughs) i mean i mingled between all three but i think it was the movie theater in ramshorn is where we all just kind of came together because you know we had nothing else to do but loiter at the movie theater and then the bowling alley in ramshorn
0: bunch of poor kids loitering uh yeah that's the gist of it.
1: My students, I work at a middle school and they, um, they'll tell me how they get kicked out of the grocery store all the time. And I'm like, it's loitering. That's I so funny.
0: Yeah. I think that's why I liked the movie mall rats so much. I was like relatable for sure. Yeah. <laughs> just Hanging out with no agenda. Um, I still think about that too. Cause I, I mean, I still live out here. So I go there to that cinema, which is still well and kicking and doing great. Um, <laughs> I think the ram's horn's gone now, though. It is. is. It's called
1: something else. So it's still there, but it's under a different name. Yeah. I think last time I was there, I saw it.
0: I miss ram's horn. But yeah, so yeah. we all used to <laughs> hang out and do nothing. Um, and then like occasionally go to each other's parties and stuff. And I think that's it. And I haven't really yeah. talked to you other than like non-alcoholic beer a f- few months back. I haven't really <laughs> talked to you since then.
1: I know, so other I'm super than Facebook excited comments about that. Yeah, <laughs> which
0: is kind of the premise of this whole podcast is to I know Deepen those uh, conversations So, yeah, I'm super excited to do this And thanks again And I want to, yeah. I mean, I'll dive right in Were you born in Michigan?
1: I was born in Michigan um, And then shortly after I was born We moved to Georgia oh. um, for a couple of years Yeah So I was there um, until middle of kindergarten, I believe.
0: Oh, so you were there for a little while. Do you remember Georgia at all?
1: Very little bits, um, like little things. Like I remember this honeysuckle bush behind the house that I used (laughs) to always pick them off and eat them. Um, I remember going to Stone Mountain, which is not a great place. (laughs) It's got quite a racist history. Um, Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. familiar (laughs) Um, but
1: we would go there watch laser shows um and that's about all i really remember from georgia
0: (laughs) what took your family to georgia
1: my dad's work
0: what did your parents do when you were born when you were younger
1: so my mom was a stay-at-home mom and then my dad was an engineer um and he did some kind of sales with engineering down there
0: (laughs) okay i couldn't really tell you
1: what he did exactly there because i was little yeah yeah. um but
0: (laughs) do you have siblings
1: I do. I have two. So I'm the middle.
0: Oh, what's that like? Yeah. Uh,
1: well, it's always been a bit, um, I think of a typical, I don't, I don't know if it's really typical middle child thing where I didn't really get along with either. Like yeah. they were kind of always on my nerves. Like the older one, uh, I bug her and then the younger one would bug me. So it was like, I was always just in constant conflict with both of them.
0: How far apart are you guys?
1: A little less than two years. So we're 18 months each. Oh, okay your, yeah. parents,
0: your parents had a plan
1: <laughs> they had a plan were... to have three daughters oh, <laughs> all geez. in a row yeah. although i guess i was a terrible child and they had a plan to not have a third one
0: gotcha. um
1: <laughs> but she was an oops baby but after me they decided they didn't want more.
0: <laughs> fair enough um and after georgia you guys came back home or came back to michigan
1: yeah we came back to michigan um we moved up here um and then my dad stayed down there for a little while um and then grew up in Michigan the whole time and was there until I was I think thirty
0: one. There you go. Are your parents still yeah. together?
1: They are, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, and then where I mean, how was how was growing up in Michigan? What what's school like when you're a kid and you said you didn't get oh. along with your older sibling? Was that a problem at school too? <laughs>
1: Um, not to mention the older one, the younger one, we actually got in fights a few times at school, nice. um, because she always wanted to, um, be up in my business. And I don't know, we always, I, we got like kicked off the bus at one point cause I stole our shoes and threw them out the window. Nice. Um, I can't remember <laughs> what we were even fighting about, um, probably her stealing my clothes, but, um, yeah, we were like, each of us were like a great apart in school. So yeah. Uh, there was always, like, competition with friends and all of that stuff. So. Well, so
0: her, you said she might, like, she would steal your clothes. Did it, oh, Was yeah. it like a she <laughs> wanted to be, like, did she get into the stuff that you liked? You know what I'm talking about? She
1: did and didn't. So she, um, she's always kind of had an identity crisis up until, like, the last, like, 10 years where yeah. she's kind of figured out, <laughs> let's be just her. Um, so she kind of had an identity crisis and would try to pick and choose different things that everyone had so either a boyfriend or try to get into things that i were like i was liking or trying to hang out with friends that i had um but she was a bit of a thief i actually had like a lock on my door as a kid (laughs) (laughs) because if i did laundry she would like steal things out of it and then i'd find it she'd be wearing it at school and would hide it in her locker
0: (laughs) what about your older sister like did you do any of that with her
1: I didn't so I I mean I never stole anyone's clothes because I'm the size of like still a child um (laughs) so I didn't fit in anyone else's my younger sister fit in mine barely um but no I never fit in her clothes so I never stole anything of hers Checking, (laughs) I would steal her CDs though, because she had you know the cool CDs from the mail in club that
0: oh god, like Columbia House,
1: Yes, yes, and I never did that.
0: When did you get into like punk music and that whole scene?
1: I'd say I think it was ninth grade, so I was into like more of alternative rock type stuff, um, up through like sixth grade. And then I decided I was really into rap and I was gangster, um, so I did that for a couple of years, which I still love rap. Yeah. Um, and nineties rap I have like on my phone, like I love nineties hip hop is always on my Spotify. Um, but then I got into punk in ninth grade, I think. I realized that that was the cool music at the time. Chopped oh, yeah. off all my hair.
0: Yeah, I like a, went
1: all in. <laughs>
0: my specific image of you is like. I don't know what the, they're not pigtails, right? But when they're like, you yeah. have those two things up here, and then the bangs. Horns. Yeah, uh, and then at that time, I'm jumping ahead, but <laughs> I always try to stick to a timeline. It never works because um, that might be—is that how we all know each other? You dated Chris Cable for a short period.
1: <laughs> I did, yeah, and, and I dated. Did, were you friends with Doug, or was he in the group that you guys were? Oh yeah, no, we so were. We were
0: anti-Doug. We we put a picture yeah, of him in our like sleeve of our album, and was we're like, fuck this guy. He um, was
1: mean. He was I mean, super he was mean. He, he hung out with some mean kids, but I think yeah. I only actually dated him because I liked his friend Nick, who worked at I Nick, think Rodriguez. Yeah, I Nick Rodriguez. Every girl liked
0: Nick Rodriguez. Every girl,
1: and I don't think he liked it girls or guys at the time he was yeah. just like I like nobody
0: yeah he um, said I like to be quiet and listen to less than Jake that's correct Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why I actually started hanging out with Doug and then I liked him after that <laughs> that's so funny
0: yeah no we uh god the I've talked about this on here before it's so funny because you have these outcast segments of like, like cliques in high school where you're like oh I don't fit in with this 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 or this but I hang out with like the punk rock kids but then within that you have all these separate groups that like <laughs> don't don't like each other like oh you listen to fucking corn get out of here (laughs) oh
1: yeah i couldn't be the corn kids
0: (laughs) so it's it's so funny how many i don't know the little stupid shit that we cared about um but i mean jumping back outside of musical interest like how was how was (laughs) middle school for you usually a strange time for everybody
1: it was a strange time middle school i don't think it was as strange as high school for me um I don't remember a ton of middle school. I was really, like, academically motivated in middle school. Um, And and I don't think I did much wrong in middle school. I mean, I'm sure I did. Um, I know I used to cause mischief at home, like, in the neighborhood, but not so much at school. I didn't really get in a ton of trouble. I got in a ton of trouble in elementary school. And then, like, middle school is the one time period I think I actually had it together during my school career.
0: It's complete flip flop for most people.
1: <laughs> it is, yeah.
0: <laughs> what uh, what kind of trouble would you get into?
1: In elementary school, I mean, oh, God.
0: elementary high school, whatever, Th- oh. during your your formative years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, elementary, I know. Oh, I was mean. I was a mean little kid in elementary. Um, I had a lot. Of, my parents fought a lot at home. Um, my dad. Drank a lot, so it was not always the best place. And yeah. I think I just like took out my aggression on other kids at school.
0: That's usually so how it works. kind of mean,
1: yeah. And then I would kind of like just get myself involved in all sorts of drama. Like I remember once we decided that we didn't like our second grade teacher for some reason. I don't remember. So. We- I band together with other kids to get them to skip school, so we decided to run out of the school building to go to the party store that was next door.
0: In second grade, you planned a walkout. I did. It didn't
1: work well for me. I also organized a a Save the Chickens campaign when I was there where I'd try to get people to not eat chicken. I don't even know why. Um,
0: That's really funny.
1: Yeah, I was quite the the stirrer in, in the elementary school.
0: What changed, do you think, when you went to junior high?
1: I don't know, really. Um, maybe I just kind of realized that I was mean and stopped <laughs> doing that. Um, I don't know what really happened in middle school. I don't remember a ton of it, other than it being awkward and weird. I remember some of the guys that I dated and friends that I had and some of the teachers. But other than that, I don't remember a ton. Yeah. I mean... I remember yeah, like little bits and is pieces. Very blurry for me. <laughs> yeah, very blurry. <laughs>
0: um, well, you said you were you were strongly like academically focused. Was yeah. that was that uh, like an expectation in your household, or or was that just something you kind of did on your own?
1: I mean, yes and no. I mean, my parents always pushed academics and. I mean, they always wanted us to do well in school, yeah. um, but I think it was just a competition with myself as well. Like, I, I get straight A's and I got to be in the advanced class. And I went to high school and I don't know what happened there because barely graduated. That <laughs> I think yeah, I had a GPA let's... of like one point six.
0: Oh, I graduated with one point nine. See, kids, <laughs> it gets better. <laughs> it gets
1: better. I know. I didn't even have a qualifying mark for driver's education because you had to have a two point.
0: That's funny. I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, <laughs> so what uh yeah let's jump to high school what's what's going on in your you know your social life your any life your family life how's high school
1: <laughs> how's high oh How, gosh. how's that
0: time period of your life
1: um probably one of the worst time periods but also some of the best I mean I had a lot of fun um got into a lot of music did a lot of like going to shows and concerts yeah. and I think it really developed my love of concerts in high school um, I still like look back to this day and be think to myself, "How did my mom let me go to like right? these underground shows like Pontiac and Detroit?" Yeah. yeah, just drop me off. Yeah. like have fun. <laughs>
0: I mean, for me, even like for you, as a, as a teenage girl, I don't, I don't, God, I, I'm scared if I ever have a daughter, I'd be like, you can't do anything. <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> all people are creepy. Um, yeah, that's that's gotta be. A weird place to be for someone like 16 year old little punk girls everywhere. I mean, for me, I was just intimidated by all the like 30 year olds (laughs) that were there.
1: Same, I'm like jumping into mosh pits and these like bars that were all ages shows. I'm like, how did my mom let me do that as I look back now? (laughs) Because I had a kid, I'd be like, oh, heck no. Um, So, like, those were the good things of high school. I feel like I. I had a lot of fun and kind of got to figure out who I was, but I still was pretty angry I think inside and just like rebelled a lot. So didn't really do a whole lot in school. I think I did in ninth grade. I was, I was pretty good in ninth grade. I got my, got all my grades in then.
0: (laughs) I have some projection Um, questions (laughs) because I'm just projecting my own crap onto you, but you said your dad drank a lot. Um, A lot. (laughs) (laughs) When did you, did that impact when you started drinking? Like, did you end up um, drinking early?
1: Yes, I did end up drinking very early. And that, I think, is what dragged me down with high school. So I started hanging out with some friends that drink a lot. And some older kids in high school had cars. And so we would go off and drink. Um, but my dad was a pretty bad alcoholic and, and pretty abusive with it. Um, he does not drink anymore. Um, he has been sober for probably 50. Awesome. Um, Which is awesome, yeah. Yeah. Um, But he was quite a train wreck um, back in the day.
0: (laughs) What, I mean, how? what kind of environment did that create for you guys in your house? Like, could that, I I mean, could that be one of the tipping points that led to your behavior throughout your childhood?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I just... I'd love to block some of it out, but I feel like it's seared into my memory. Um, like I've talked to my mom over the years and she's always said like, oh, I thought I protected you guys from that. I didn't think you heard that. I didn't think you saw that or I didn't think you'd remember that. And, um, it's like seared in the brain, but yeah, he, he would like have affairs, go drinking at bars and then come home, would be very drunk, very angry. Um, be very verbally abusive toward all of us i tended i was the one who tended to challenge him the most
0: i can see that
1: Um, (laughs) i I was the most fiery where my sisters like kind of figured out just kind of stay to yourself like my older sister would kind of just go to her bedroom and hang out there and my younger sister kind of just acted out in her own way um whereas i would go head to head with my dad and get into fights with him which was not ever good um so I think that did it kind of just I think I just kind of shut off from things and just was like well I don't really care about anything rebelled started drinking started doing um other illegal substances (laughs) Uh, and kind of just took me down that track until I really had a rude awakening you know a high school year when I wasn't going to graduate and was like oh there's consequences to this behavior. That'll do
0: it. You do graduate, right? Yeah?
1: I did. I graduated from the alternative high school, so I okay. got I got kicked out of high school.
0: What um, led to that?
1: I stopped going.
0: Um, yeah. I don't. <laughs> That'll do it. Do you remember
1: the picture incident?
0: Okay, so <laughs> I always ask, and I think I asked you like a month or two ago at this point, if there's <gasps> anything you don't want to bring up. <laughs> and so I wasn't sure if that was going to come up because i was really curious i mean all in all seriousness like that's got to have a pretty intense uh i can't think of the word i'm thinking of but like effect on on you and like not only your vision of yourself your self esteem your like w- general <laughs> public persona like <laughs> e- everything um so i yeah i mean since you brought it up yeah i'm i'm curious how that all worked out cuz that's i mean obviously it's fucked up and sucks. And I can't imagine where you're at in that point.
1: <laughs> it definitely sucked. So, I mean, it was a mistake and it just, you know, a stupid picture that I took when I was, and it, the funny thing is, is when I took it, um, I was the only one that wouldn't take it. So out of all of the girls that were at that party, I was no, no, no. And then I finally got like pressured into it. And I'm the one whose picture got, out of flashing a camera yeah. um not like the worst mistake in the world but when it gets in the hands of people yeah. um people are evil <laughs> print it out and passed around the school
0: yeah.
1: um, it became a whole nother thing so i kind of i mean i faced it head on in the the first weeks of it but it would i'd walk into the school and people would ask me questions of you know are they you know are your breasts real or this and that or about sexual activity and it was just kind of crazy and gave me kind of a there's rumors of other stuff that I was doing that actually wasn't even true at the time but it was just kind of like people saw it that way and so I just kind of stopped going and started drinking more and hang out with friends more and just sort of stopped attending school at yeah. that point and got well, angry imagine, at my friends who put it out Oh, for sure. yeah
0: obviously <laughs> yeah because um, i imagine i went through something obviously not like with pictures and anything but where i my home life was toxic so i did not like being at home but then my school life everyone was a fucking asshole i didn't like being at school <laughs> and i would skip school for a, the period of time long enough to where like the cops came to my house and were like you need to go to school it's like against <laughs> the law because um, I, was, I was in junior high at the time but um, I would skip school because I just needed some safe space of my day where I didn't feel like I w- wasn't safe like I, I didn't have any sort of protection from anybody and that's, that's why I did that and I imagine for you at that point you were in somewhat of the same situation, schools can't go to school. Home life isn't going great. Like you have to find somewhere else to go to spend your time, just to stay sane, protect yourself.
1: I would agree a hundred percent. I truly see it as that as like that was my protection for myself. Of and not in the best way. Like I when I skipped school, I was doing things I shouldn't be doing at yeah. that age, like smoking pot in my friend's basements while watching The Godfather nonstop. And yeah. Then- instead of being in class. But it was like home was toxic. So I often didn't spend a lot of time there. Even as a kid, I would spend way more time at friends' houses was kind of my way of getting away with it. And then school, once that kind of happened just became also a place I didn't want to be. Yeah. Um, and so I just spent a lot of time skipping. And I I know I'd show up to classes occasionally. Like, I hadn't been there for, like, a month. And the teacher would be like, you don't even have an assigned seat anymore. Just pick a spot for today. We, know we won't <laughs> see you in three days. And then I would take the work home. Um, and up until when they finally, like, kicked me out because of attendance, I would still turn in my work and I would still get really good grades on it. and the counselors would be calling my mom like you know she's really smart she just needs to attend school um did the counselors
0: like did the administration know what was going on like with the picture and everything
1: they did but they didn't really ever say anything I actually I I was talking about this with my boyfriend not so long ago and I was just kind of saying like I'm shocked you know being in the role that I'm in in schools um I'm a school psychologist so I, I'm very much in that field. And I'm like, if I saw this going on, I'd be reporting it. I'd be calling it. And like, for one, it's considered pretty much child pornography yeah. that they're passing around. Yeah, and absolutely. No one really batted an eye. And I don't know if it was just the times or what it was. I remember my mom being more mad at me saying like, well, what if you're president one day, this picture will come out. Like, for one, I'm not going to be president. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the support,
0: mom. Thanks for the support. And it
1: was kind of, she was angry at me. Um, And I just think of that, like, how did that go on? I actually looked at the school's page um, several months ago to see if any of the same counselors were there. And I was actually going to email them and be like, what were you guys thinking? Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy.
0: It gives me at least like faith in the future that it's unfathomable to think that that would go on without anyone saying anything. Which, unfortunately, I'm yeah. sure it does all over the country still to some degree. But uh, it's still, it's not. I mean, did you have anybody that like was on your side as the victim in that situation, or was everybody? Even I mean, you know, your mom wasn't like slut shaming you, but she was still. Like, <laughs> she's still like, what if you're president? Situation. Did you have anybody that was like? This really sucks. I'm really sorry. <laughs> like,
1: um, I mean, I had friends that said it really sucked, and I think they felt bad for me. But yeah. I, it was more of like, sh- like slut shaming. It was, it was a lot of that, and it was, it was really unfortunate because that's not who I was. And I really, yeah. I was the only person that held out that night, and I was the one that the picture got circulated. Um, and it really didn't matter, and.
0: Yeah. Which, and none of that, I mean, in my opinion, none of that does matter, like, that, the fact that you were the only person or anything, the, the fact that it happened, that I'm sure guys were pressuring you into doing that, like, oh, yeah. all <laughs> of that stuff, I think, is, like, where you need to start from, where this is all wrong, and... Oh,
1: exactly! That's the, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, that's, yeah, that's super shitty, I'm I'm super thankful you're talking about it, I was curious <laughs> if you were going to, but I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from that, so... I, I mean, I appreciate is. sharing it.
1: Yeah. So. I mean, I'm not like ashamed of it. It definitely had impacts on me and it was a lesson learned. Don't ever do that again. Um, <laughs> but it's also, it, I mean, it's a testament to the society that we're in as well. I mean, when you think of like the me too movement and all of that stuff, it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of sad that that stuff happens and that people are way, allowed to get away with it. And that I was the one that was kind of shamed for it. Not the person. Yeah passing it out and doing the
0: wrong. Super fucked up. Um yeah. <laughs> so you get kicked out of school.
1: Yeah I get kicked you out go of school so...
0: to alternative what is the alternative yeah. school in Waterford called?
1: Oh it was manly and and the first day I showed up I was like Whoa, I made a mistake. I'm not pregnant.
0: Um, <laughs> I shouldn't be here.
1: It's really the, <sighs> it was it was kind of the school for, for people who had gotten pregnant and yeah. needed to finish or there was a lot of gang violence there um we had smoke breaks during the day I, I i didn't smoke i was actually one of the few people i think in our group that never smoked any cigarettes out of any of my friends um but they had smoke breaks built into the day that's so funny. well that's. i mean i imagine so there was a weird. lot of people
0: there over 18 right
1: um there were a lot over 18 there was a lot under 18 too yeah um and you just had to go off campus so they would they would let you out and then you would walk across the gate and you would smoke there but it was kind of a joke um i mean we played volleyball we took field trips to Seven Eleven. uh we watched <laughs> movies you got credit today we're gonna very... learn how
0: slurpees are made
1: I know it was a historical walk. So we walked past like a cemetery on the way to seven 11 and it was really just to get slurpees. Um, there was a daycare there for, uh, people that, you know, had gotten pregnant, um, who needed childcare, which is awesome, yeah. you know, to have that built in that they can still finish. And then, um, night school was free. So I had to do night school. I had to do summer school. I had to do credit recovery. Um, and then I had to go there. So if you did all of that, you got your credits a lot faster um were so you able to graduate
0: able, at the same time
1: this summer so okay. everyone else graduated in what may may? Yeah. may so i was there until i think july got it uh yeah but my diploma says kettering so it's like <laughs> doesn't really matter <laughs> so
0: and, and i imagine you have at least one degree for your job um if not have, more yeah. yeah so
1: i got two <laughs> yeah I, was three. Gonna say. I have three degrees oh
0: nice <laughs> So what, I mean, what happens, what's life like out of high school?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, So So, out of high school, I immediately moved out of my parents' house.
0: Yeah, I've been there. Um,
1: Yeah, so immediately moved out like the minute I could um, and kind of had been saving up money. So I started working when I was, God, in early middle school saving money um, to kind of move out and buy clothes. And I always had to buy all my own things. Um, They're pretty strapped for cash, so. Um had some money saved up, moved out with a boyfriend at the time. Um which is interesting. That didn't work so well. Um and then <laughs> I don't recommend that for anybody on their first move out. Um and then started working and took about I think a half a year off before I went to community college because no one would take me.
0: Yeah, I know that um, I know that business. Yeah. <laughs> I know that business well.
1: <laughs> I had to bring up my GPA. So I went to community college, uh, for two years. Um, still couldn't really figure out like you, you need to go to school to get your credits. I would show up to class like an hour late. Yeah. Um, so I took a, took about two or three years of that. And then I went to Oakland university. Mm-hmm. So I did like a commuter school cause I always, I had to work um, yeah, yeah. to do the tuition and, and pay my rent and all of that. So, um, did you have like a work- plan
0: at that point at all? Or were you just like, need to need to go to school I'll figure it out when I get there
1: I did I had a plan I wanted to be a clinical psychologist at the okay. time so I started taking all of those classes um and that's what I kind of decided I wanted to go into right into community college I think I took a psychology class in high school that got yeah. me interested in it and I think it was because I grew up in such a dysfunctional family yeah. that I was so interested in all of that stuff yeah. um yeah
0: I know. So. <laughs> That's, I, I did the exact same thing. Um.
1: Um, but I was sad. I was like one of my only friends that didn't really go away to school and yeah. missed out on that opportunity. I mean, I wouldn't say missed out. I don't think I probably would have graduated because um, I probably would have partied too hard. So yeah. it was nice that I think I was at a commuter school that I could really focus. Um, and then when I started looking into admissions for grad school, because I knew – to pursue a degree in that I needed to go to grad school, um, for whatever branch of it I wanted to go into and that it was pretty competitive. So about midway through my college experience, cause I think it took me five or six years to get my bachelor's degree. Um, I really dove in. So I started being like in a, um, god what's it called An assistant okay. um, you go and yeah, yeah. you work for the professor a TA yeah. or whatever a TA, yeah, yeah. a teacher's assistant <laughs> um so i did that i did some lab stuff and just kind of got more invested in that and focused and kind of figured out the road and then looked at opportunities of what i really wanted to do um i liked the idea of having summers off so we decided school psychology why not okay. and looked into that for grad school
0: what grade or what or what not grade but what's like are you in a high school school psychologist
1: I'm in middle school and a high school, so okay. I'm in uh, two different settings, and then gotcha. I've done elementary. Yeah, so this is my 10th year in the field. I love the secondary kids. The middle schoolers are just hilarious. <laughs> um, I mean, I look at them like, you guys are such dorks, but they, they're so cool,
0: Yeah,
1: um, and they crack me up. Um, so I really like the middle school age. I like the awkwardness of it, um, and I like the high school kids as well.
0: Did you, um, did you do your graduate program at OU?
1: I didn't. So I did it. Uh, so I would planned on actually moving out West. I ended up meeting my ex husband, um, during the process of, Oh,
0: we'll get there, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, during my process of filing for school. So I then switched it up. Um, and it needed a nationally certified program. There weren't a ton in that area. So I ended up going to school in Ohio in Toledo, um, but I wasn't a huge fan of Toledo, so I commuted every day.
0: Um, no one, no so one's I, a fan like, of Ohio. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> and so I did there for my master's and then my uh, education specialist, which is a post-master's.
0: All right. What's your, I mean, what's your personal life like while you're at college during those, essentially your 20s? What's your 20s like?
1: Um, You know, it was actually, so it's like the time that people, I think like, party the most and do all those things like college. And for me, it wasn't. Um, so I spent a lot of it in grad school. Um, I mean, I went to grad school for six years, um, and in order to get that done. So I worked full time. I lived an hour and a half from school. So it was three hours round trip,
0: Jeez,
1: which is crazy, but all my friends were here. So and Toledo, there's not a ton going on. Um, I mean, it's, it's a tiny town, and so I didn't really want to move there. So I worked at a law firm at the time, full-time, and then would commute. I did full-time school year-round. And then I also um, was the, the president for our um, student association, so I was invested in that. You were busy. I was busy, <laughs> and I was also the... Um, research assistant for uh the graduate program because it also helped paid tuition so i had like multiple jobs going on um while still trying to you know do all i had to pay for all my expenses so it was like yeah. i didn't have a ton of free time i was just constantly working and i was very invested in my grades like if i got below four point on anything i'd be crying so i was yeah. constantly researching and i was doing researching for the Um, research for the teachers, for the different um, publications that they were putting out. So I really had like no free time for those six years up until um, I got out of grad school. And then I did my internship um, that was full time for a year. um, And it was doing some additional work with um, my professor at that time. So it was was a pretty boring 20s. I mean, I'd still go out on the weekends and have fun and go to concerts and hang out with friends and, party and stuff but i spent most of it doing that yeah. i would bring my textbooks to the bar at times and i'd like hang out to watch sports and sit there doing my research while i was like trying to simultaneously have a social life
0: well so then you meet your husband your soon yeah. your future husband what's tell me about that <laughs> how, did, how, um, how did that go
1: so, Yeah, so i met him at a at a party um I think I was dating someone else at the time that I lived with. I can't remember if I was broken up or not. Um, I met him, and he's, he's, a, he's a real funny dude, um, very charismatic. Um, I have no hate for him, even though we're not married anymore. But yeah. um, So kind of started dating him uh, right when I was thinking of going to grad school, and then all through grad school. He lived in lansing so i lived down in royal oak so he also lived really far Jeez. away so i was just like trying yeah, you, you keep your
0: community all over the place <laughs> i do Crazy. so
1: i'd go up there he'd come here um so we dated for a couple years um and then he actually had a pretty traumatic experience when his dad came down with brain cancer very suddenly oh God. yeah and passed away within like a six month period Um, so that was pretty stressful. And I really think that's kind of what also bonded us pretty close for a while and what led to us eventually getting married, which was not a good decision. Um, we were very different people, but really didn't see that at the time. Um, and so we were married for three years. We dated for, I think six, um, or six, including the three that we
0: married.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're together seven years. I think by the time we called it to quits. Um.
0: <laughs> How uh, did you live in Michigan at the time with him? I or did. did you... yeah,
1: I, I eventually moved to Lansing. Okay. Um, and during that period of time, I, I really wasn't much like myself. He was a he was a really different person than I am. So he was um, a lot more quiet, a lot more reserved. Um, very put together. Um, so he was a vice president of a hospital association and had some pretty big duties. And um, so I kind of had to play that role. So we'd go to like these really fancy parties and mm-hmm. then have to talk to these people that I thought were pretty awful people <laughs> uh, and go to their houses, um, like some Republican judges and things that I had very differing opinions on and would just kind of have to bite my tongue and be very like proper there was they would judge you if you know you didn't use the right fork and there'd be i mean i wasn't raised where i'd go to those parties i was like i don't know i'd I'd eat a fork or i use a fork or a spoon there'd be like three different settings on this side three on that side and i get the anxiety of which one do i touch um what do i do in this setting um so that was that was a period of my time um i just don't think i was much like myself but um, I think it helped me grow and figure out what I didn't want. Um, and I, I Just think as I sacrificed, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I sacrificed a lot of who I was. I know, um, his friends were all very, very, very nice, but they had a lot of opinions about how people should behave. Like they thought it was wrong. If I'd go out with my girlfriends to the bar, that wasn't proper for someone that was married. And at that time, all my girlfriends were single. So it was, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was it was an interesting time.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what I mean, what was the tipping point that you guys were like, gotta call this off? Was it mutual? Or were you just like unhappy? What what happened there?
1: Um, it wasn't happy. So we got married and um, and then he kind of changed. He just he he became a little colder. Yeah. Um and then I became a bit more um angry about that, and we just fought a lot. And we had differences of opinions. Um, he ended up looking for a job out in Colorado, uh, which was part of my push. So we were looking for like out west because yeah. I was really bored um, in Michigan. More, more so, like all my friends had started having kids and getting married, and I didn't plan on having kids, and I was <laughs> kind of bored of of that. Yeah. Um, and so I was just really. I felt antsy all the time, like I gotta go do something. Um, and so I decided I wanted to leave the state. So we he looked for jobs out here, um, found one eventually, moved out about six months before I did, because I had to finish out the school year. Okay. And during that time that we were away, he decided that I gave him a lot of anxiety <laughs> because I had a lot of energy. <laughs> um, and that he was happier without me. And at the time I didn't quite realize it. I was I was one of those people that was, I wasn't happy in my marriage, but I also thought, nope, you stick with it. You get married, you stick with it. And I'm going to yeah. make this work. And we were happy before, so it will be good. Um, and I was thinking something else would fix it. Um, so I moved out to Colorado and within three weeks of me being here, he asked for a divorce, which was fun for someone who had just left their entire life and everyone they know. Yeah, Or they know nobody. Uh, and <laughs> Jeez. So that's how that happened. <laughs>
0: and you stayed in Colorado.
1: I stayed in Colorado. It was actually, I think, the best thing that could ever have happened. Yeah. Um, I think if it would have happened in Michigan, it would have been different. But I was so far outside of my comfort zone here. Yeah. I didn't know anybody. And um, the only people I actually knew were was this girl who... Was the daughter of someone he worked with, and who I met because he had come to town and he invited us to dinner with his daughter, who happened to be my age. Oh, nice. And so I connected with her on Facebook, and knowing nobody in the state, I just messaged her randomly and like, "Hi, will someone hang out with me?" <laughs> I'm like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "No, I need a friend." Um, and they ended up being like my best friends out here. So, um, really dove into just randomly talking to people like I'd go to the bar by myself and just start meeting friends I went into tinder big time and made some friends there um who are still friends now but I just kind of had to push myself outside of my comfort zone because I knew nobody and I needed to figure out um The cost of living is so much higher here. So I was like, I got to figure out a roommate. I got to figure out who I'm going to hang out with. I got to figure out this. And it was the summer, so I wasn't at work meeting anybody at the time.
0: Would you agree that, um, and I mean, you've been out there longer than I was in LA, but I think going somewhere where you know nobody and it's a brand new environment is like the the potential, it can definitely go horribly wrong, but the potential to like really gain some identity or some like self-identity. Because you're not like, this is who I am around this person. This person's like, this is who I am by myself. I don't know anybody here. I mean, did that, is that the experience you had?
1: A hundred percent. And I think it's what really made me be me again Yeah. is like, I kind of sacrificed who I was. I feel like when I was with my ex, because there was a lot of rules of like, this was okay. This wasn't okay. This is proper. This isn't proper. And I had gone away from who I was. So then, when I came out here, I didn't know anybody, and just got to be me. Yeah. And there was no one who expected anything of me. Nobody knew anything about my past. No one knew anything. It was just, "I'm Sandra. Hi." <laughs> um, and I remember a friend I had in my Tinder profile had some very strange photos, like um, being roller skates with like a costume on, and one of my girlfriends um, who I've known her since kindergarten and was like these photos are weird i was like well they're me like i like to dress up in costumes and roller skate and be weird so if that's if they don't like that then i don't i don't really want to attract those people um, <laughs> and it was kind of like i this is who i am take it or leave it and i don't care <laughs>
0: yeah. awesome it's good to be that way <laughs> it uh, is <laughs> so what uh what is your relationship like with your sisters and your parents during like school and then moving to colorado and being married like how are those relationships maintained are they good or they bad i imagine your dad's got better once he got sober i'm assuming he did
1: (laughs) oh it's a it's a strange dynamic so um oh how do i put this i mean when you grow up in trauma you don't build relationships the same way i would say so my dad still day has never called me to ask like, how are you doing? We, we don't have conversations. Yeah. Um, I knew mean, when I'm back home, he, the, I don't even know if he knows how to talk to us. He'll just say like, Oh, look at this neat screen on my car. Isn't this cool? Like when he's picking me up from the airport, not asking, what have you been up to for the last year? I yeah. haven't talked to you. <laughs> so it's very small talk. Um, and we just, we didn't have that opportunity to build a relationship yeah. as kids it was you know um so i love him he's a great guy he's, he's nice and uh, no he loves me and is always rooting for me but we we don't have much of like an actual relationship yeah. um my mom we have like a, a we talk but it's it's also it's a strange relationship i think because i just hold some resentment toward i feel like her for yeah how could you not <laughs> up, yeah um But I also, as an adult, knowing that she's always tried her best and that she was in a really rough spot as well, yeah, been trying to make it work so that we could have, um, that we would be okay. Like she didn't want to leave my dad at the time because she was worried financially that she wouldn't be able to um, support us and all of that. So there's some strain, but I do talk to her. I say like once a week, um, it's a hard,
0: sorry. I was going to say, but- it's, it's a hard pill to swallow, um, and it's something, like, my therapist brought up once because I have plenty of issues with my mom, and, like, my dad died from alcoholism, I don't know, six years ago. Um, but <laughs> my therapist once was like, do you think your mom could have done better? And I was I just, like, kind of sat with that, and I was like, no, I mean, I guess she did the best with, like, what she had. And <laughs> and to, like, accept that as, as, I don't know, as a third party without it interfering with your own feelings about the whole situation it's it's a it's a difficult thing to do so yeah I I respect you for saying that like about your own parents about your mom like she was afraid to leave him and she was doing the best she could with situation and yeah yeah and it it. is what it is I
1: would say like my therapist so I went to a therapist um when I was going through divorce and then continued with her and we did a lot of like my family therapy (laughs) and one thing that really held with it too was like it's okay to have have, not be that close and to have the relationship you have and don't judge yourself for not having this perfect family relationship but it is what it is so I I feel like I've come to a lot of terms with that as I've gotten older and been better with it. Um, My sisters we've like I said, we fought a lot as kids, <laughs> um, and there was always this competition. Um, my older sister's a very quiet person. She doesn't talk to really anybody. Like she doesn't if you... wear
0: costumes and roller skates.
1: <laughs> she does not, no. Yeah. Um, she is very uh, blunt and just kind of antisocial on things. She's a very quiet person. Um, yeah. I think she struggled with her own um, issues with You know like how we grew up and stuff but um like if you call her and and say how's it going you get a fine um you get like one word responses so I've actually very rarely talked to her on the phone I I FaceTime her um mainly because I like to see my niece um so I have a relationship with my with my niece I know that
0: relationship well (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's the only reason they talk to my brother my nephew and niece
1: gives the phone immediately to them yeah (laughs) (laughs) Watch her do somersaults and there's not much real conversation. I didn't even know she was pregnant the last time um, for a few months. She didn't really say anything. Um, Even like when I graduated like grad school, I didn't get a congrats or she's just a very kind of closed off person. But she means well. She tries. So I, I have no ill feelings against her. That's just kind of how she is. And then. My younger sister, she was a, she was a wild child, um, and just always was in competition with me for some weird reason. It was like I said, she would steal my stuff, and then,
0: yeah.
1: um, she would just do weird things, and then she always had some kind of anger toward me for a while. So, um, for a couple of years, we actually didn't talk at all. Um, and like I, I remember when I got engaged. <laughs> And I showed her my ring. Her response was, "It looks dirty." Um, <laughs> like congratulations. <laughs> so um, that was her. Uh, I remember my wedding photos. She's like this guy's a scowl on her face. So we didn't get along for a couple of years. Um, and then she got pregnant um, with her first kid, and we still didn't talk much. Um, but my niece Willow loved me. She was obsessed with me. So. Michelle had to start talking to me again. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it was about until like Willow was three, and she's seven now, um, that Michelle and I just didn't talk at all. Um, and now we do talk, um, and we have a better relationship. I talk to her more than my other one, uh, my other sister, and about as much as I talk to my mom. Um, and she has a little boy too, so a niece and a nephew, and I'm really close with them, so we've built a relationship just because we had to, um, but yeah,
0: it's nice to have all the nieces and nephews in your in your life. I'm sure
1: it is because I don't have any kids and I don't plan on having kids, so they're they're basically my kids. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, oh my god. So you're out in Colorado. You finish school. I mean, you do you immediately find a job out there in your field, or does that take a while?
1: I did. So I immediately found a job um, right out of grad school. So I. I, uh, my first job was in East Lansing, so I was there for three years, three or four years. Um, and when I did my internship, so I took an unpaid internship there instead of a paid one in Ohio, um, because they were down a psychologist in the district I wanted to work at. And I was hoping maybe I'll just slide in the next year, which I did. Yeah. Um, like, oh, they filled it with an intern and they filled it with me. Um, and then when I interviewed in Colorado, I got the first job I interviewed for, um, so I had a job before I moved out here. Nice. Uh, yeah, so it was nice. Um, I don't know what they thought of me the first year. Uh, so it was a train wreck. I was <laughs> new, going through a divorce, and then kind of went on a, um, I'd say, midlife crisis area where I was just like...
0: Well-deserved. Yeah,
1: well-deserved <laughs> yeah, well party, uh, party time. Um, so it's a bit of a wreck the first year I worked there. Um, but I worked there for three years, and then... Left there, I'd gotten um, sick, I have a pancreatic issue, Um, that flared up for the second time while I was there. And the director at the time was not very supportive of um, the sick leave I had to take and it it was a bit of a mess. So I left that and then I'm at my current job. So then I kind of quit in the middle of the year and said, I'm not coming back next year. Um, see ya um, but I'll finish out my contract and then um, applied for jobs and at um, ended up getting it at Boulder where I'm at now
0: Nice. yeah I was going to ask you what part of Colorado you're in Boulder Boulder's where
1: I work I okay. live in Golden which is about an hour from there
0: Golden is Coors right
1: <laughs> it is it is Coors I've was... been to
0: Golden, Colorado <laughs>
1: So and it is it's at least what everyone knows is Coors, but I live in like a half hour from there, Golden. So Golden's pretty big, and I live up in the mountains in Golden. Okay. Um. So it's Golden, but it's not really Golden. And I was actually picking up trash yesterday. I walked along just the road um, on the way to go bike ride, and I picked up like ten Coors cans of banquet beer just <laughs> on the side of the road. <laughs> Good job, guys.
0: Yeah, come on. You know their vision. This isn't it. I know. It's not this. <laughs> oh man. Um. Anyway, <laughs> sidetracked side- <laughs> on course Um. You're working. You live in Colorado. You're dating in your 30s, right? How's the, how is oh, that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Because I have not really dated since like my early 20s when i had met my ex-husband
0: and
1: yeah. that was before the time of like s- how you date now which yeah is, like, i don't actually go meet somebody you just flip around on your phone i think if my uh,
0: wife like chopped my arm off i'd still be like no we're never getting divorced I can't i don't it's scary to think <laughs> about the like dating world right now and like you mentioned tinder and just like social media in general being a girl i can't even imagine how much different it is like i'm I mean, dick pics used to be Polaroids. Now it's just everywhere. It's crazy.
1: I actually was lucky I never got a dick pic. I was pretty picky on who I swiped on. Like, I was for
0: actually
1: for the profile and be like, that guy looks like he'd be a dick. No. <laughs> like, all cute, like, really cute ones with the shirts off in the photos. I was like, oh, heck no. Nope, nope, yeah. nope. <laughs> I went for like the guys that looked extra outdoorsy. And there were definitely some weirdos that I went out with. Um, some creepers. But I never got any dick pics, which was really nice. Cause oh, that's
0: all- fantastic. <laughs> You've given me just a little more hope and humanity. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, so the pancreatic, pancreatic, pancreatic. Uh,
1: pancreatic.
0: What is, what is going on there? Because that has to do also with you not drinking as much? Yes?
1: Um, so I actually I have, my body likes to make, um cysts and tumors. I have like a baker's dozen in there. Thanks, buddy. Um, <laughs> and all sorts of organs. I don't know why. Um, and I'm a pretty healthy person. Um, so I, I have one on my pancreas and they, I went to U of M and they were imaging it for years and years and they had the tumor board review it, which was weird. Um, so they have like a board of specialists and they decided we're going to go biopsy this and make sure because they weren't sure if it was um, cancer or if it wasn't, yeah. so bonus, it wasn't cancer. Good
0: Yay.
1: thing. Um, you know, shit could be worse always. Yeah. But I had to like sign this little waiver that was like the zero 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 point one percent chance it could lead to um, acute pancreatitis, and so it did. Um, got extremely sick, and that was back when I was in Michigan the first time it happened and rushed into the hospital never been sicker in my life um never been in more pain and i was in the hospital for 2 weeks um couldn't eat for weeks
0: Jeez. lost
1: 30 pounds i was out of work for 2 months where
0: did 30 pounds come from on your person
1: <laughs> i was like get <laughs> a bone it was gross
0: that's crazy but-
1: Because the treatment for it is like you actually starve yourself. So like for two weeks in the hospital, like they give you a wet sponge and you just put it on your mouth, Mm. and you can have fluids, and they hook you up to pick lines and everything. And then my lovely ex husband at the time would sit there and eat like licorice in front of me, (laughs) and I'd be so angry. Hey, babe,
0: you mind if I down this cheeseburger real quick? Cool.
1: I know. I was like, you don't do that in front of someone who's like literally starving to death. Um. But yeah, it, it started messing with all my other organs, so I got really bad uh, pancreatitis to the point where it caused long-term damage. Um, and they can't really figure out what's wrong with me at this point. So it was good for about two years after, and then it just kept flaring back up. Um, And I've been to a ton of specialists and I just stump them all because the pancreas itself looks healthy, but it's not making enzymes to eat. So obviously you need your pancreas to filter out alcohol. So I don't drink that much anymore. Um, And then I have very strict diet and I have these lovely pills that cost insane money. Um, If you don't have insurance, last time I picked it up was $5,000 on the bag. I was like, how do
0: people afford this? <laughs> Jeez. yeah, I, yeah. I don't remember what it's. I have a, I have an autoimmune disease that I got diagnosed with a couple of years ago, and there was some medication I looked up, and yeah, they're like, um, it's eight thousand dollars. They're like, oh, but we have this coupon, so now it's free. I was like, okay, that's not a real coupon, and that's not a real cost. There's no, there's no eight thousand dollars off an eight thousand dollars item. Like, <laughs> pharmaceutical shit drives me nuts. My wife works in that field too, and it's just like the. Oh, I can't, I'll get, I'll get all preachy and soapboxy. I can't stand it.
1: At my, um, my first job out here, they had terrible insurance. It was like a really high deductible. And I would go to the pharmacy and if I wanted to just eat three meals a day, zero snacks, it was $700 was my portion. And I'd be like newly divorced, trying to pay for a, <laughs> on my yeah. own, like trying to pay for these pills. And, and then if I wanted snacks with it, it was like a thousand something and that was with my insurance already taking it off
0: that's insane
1: it's insane
0: and you know it all costs like 20 cents to make
1: i know <laughs> i know and i looked at the bag the other day i was like five thousand dollars they've gone up even more yeah. i was like who pays this it cost me 40 which is good
0: <laughs> yeah it's just yeah yeah I, c- I could definitely go off on a tangent there I, it drives me nuts like it's all yeah. inflated and some of it gets called out and like that's why that crazy guy i forget his name but he's in jail now um from whatever pharma company yeah that's what, when they started talking about uh, hydroxychloroquine for coronavirus that's actually an alternative um drug that i could be taking for my sarcoidosis my autoimmune disease so oh really when they said that i was like don't say that on tv something's gonna happen that's gonna get bumped up in price and then if i have to go <laughs> on it i'll have to pay out my fucking nose so thankfully uh <laughs> that clearly didn't end up working out um
1: that's nuts They're, aren't they charging like a couple thousand for the new one that starts with an r that they like oh. basically bought up the entire stockpile of yeah
0: i i don't i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> uh, i i stopped following a lot of that stuff it's funny when all this started i was like one of those you know news every day watch the 12 o'clock briefing, watch the five o'clock briefing. And like, I've weaned off it so much because it's, you're not really getting new information daily, but so like weekly, I'll check in and see, see what, <laughs> what the haps, um, <laughs> but it's ridiculous. Um, so outside of everything else we talked about, uh, just like recently you've been, kind of a point of inspiration both online and i'm sure in person i mean the trip you just went on is amazing <laughs> you just <Thanks. laughs> uh obviously there's a lot going on with race relations and black lives matter and um that's clearly lit in a fire under you
1: oh yeah <laughs> uh, i mean
0: what what happened there that what was your I keep saying, I've realized with you, I've said tipping point like nine times and really trying to avoid <laughs> saying it because that's not like a normal phrase for me. Uh, but what was the, I mean, what was the point where you're like, I need to get out and do more than what I'm doing? Because you did way more than what most people are doing.
1: <laughs> I, I, um, God, what was the tipping point? I think, it, honestly, it's been the last couple of years um, led up to it. So I work in a school where about 30% of my population is Hispanic immigrants and Mm. the other 70% is extremely white, um, privileged children. And, and nothing wrong with that, but the amount of racism that I see is crazy. And I had not really seen like to that degree, um, at that young, like jokes such as like, is, is your favorite sport track because you had to run across the border and teachers saying things like the parent doesn't care and they're lazy and this and that and looking at the DS list is always those kids and in the discipline office so my office is in the main office it is always our black black and brown children and I get so infuriated because they're not 100% of our population yet they're the ones that are sent down for discipline. They're the ones that are constantly referred to me for um a referral and it's always for behavior and it's always the teacher sending them out.
0: That's crazy. Um, so you're seeing the same trends in school that we see in like our prison population.
1: Yes, and the reading insane. scores are vastly different. It's it's I mean, we are failing them. It's it's crazy. And so I over this last year, I've actually become very vocal at work um, to the point where my, I, I got in quite a few arguments with my principal, who who is an awesome guy, um, and he 100% supports it, but he also doesn't know how to push the staff in that direction. We have yeah. some old school teachers there that are just, they have got their feet dug in. And, you know, he's been, you know, Sandra... It, it, I see it as passion, but we got we to gotta bring down the tone here.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it were just like, I'd get so angry about it. Um, and just kind of seeing how they felt and how they'd come in and they, they talked to me and how they felt like second-class citizens and how they didn't have a ton of hope for their future. And, um, it was really sad. So there was that and then the whole coronavirus and then getting sick with that. So sick. And, seeing people that were complaining and put on their mask and thinking when
0: you say you got sick
1: yeah I was really sick
0: oh did you get were you did you have coronavirus
1: well they don't know because they wouldn't test me they tested me for everything else in the hospital so I didn't have the flu I didn't have anything else um, they even gave me a pregnancy test at one time, and I was like, really? Come on.
0: We figured um, it out.
1: <laughs> you figured it out. I was like, um, I've been in quarantine for quite a while, and I'm not touching anybody. But yeah, I went to a hospital a few times. Um, I got pneumonia really quickly.
0: Um, I,
1: my lungs are still not back to normal. I'm on multiple inhalers and a medication to bring down the inflammation. Um, I ended up really, really, really sick and had... Uh, I think it's called Petitia or whatever. It's like a blood bruising, pre clotting all over my legs. I had yes. the left side of me with all pins and needles. It was very, very, very scary. Um, and they again, they wouldn't test me. I had like the moon suit people come in and they put on a new moon suit. They'd call me from a phone outside. It wasn't allowed to use any bathrooms. It was like caution hazard tape. This person's toxic. Um,
0: when was this?
1: This was in March. It was the very beginning of March. Okay. Um, so I got actually sent home from work before the shutdowns because I was running fever. I had a fever for nine days, I think. Um, and they still wouldn't test me because they said I wasn't in the high-risk group and they thought I could I could beat it, and they just didn't really know anything at the time. Yeah, and different
0: times. Three months ago, different, different times. Time. <laughs> That's crazy. It was
1: crazy. I would ask them, like, well, is this the pneumonia from COVID? We're not sure, but we're pretty sure. But go home and take this medication, <laughs> even though we don't think it will help. But take get off of all of these other ones because you think it will hurt. It was it was bananas. Wow. But yeah, so getting sick with that, I and then seeing how people were just didn't take it seriously, I think, was starting to tip me. The school year and then the COVID. And then the black lives matter. And then I think I just lost it at that point. I like spent a week in bed just crying and feeling helpless and angry that people weren't caring about anyone but themselves. And and I, I, I've been kind of, I mean, I've been upset about that for years of, you know, like let's care about someone else. Why are these people in mansions when other people are like living in the street? Um, so I think it was all of that all at once that just hit me. And then I had said to my boyfriend, like, I can't be complaining if I'm not doing something yeah. um, like I have to get active. So I did it. And with my friends, I'm kind of the big rallier. Like if we're going to do a group thing, it's go tell Sandra to rally everyone. Cause I just harass the heck out of everyone until <laughs> they say yes. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, you're going to come right. Yep. 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 Um, so I was like, I can use that for good. <laughs> so. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so you did, like, a little protest tour, right?
1: I did. I did a protest tour. So I protested here for about two weeks straight, um, and I stay off to the side. They're always screaming at me, like, tighten up, because then you're at more risk for the police, but I won't get into the big crowd because I'm still also – my lungs are impaired, so I don't want to get a virus again. So. You know, and everyone has on a mask, so it's pretty good. But um, so I did that for two weeks, and then we went on vacation. We were supposed to go to vacation before that, like five days before that. And I was like, I can't leave. Like, I can't leave this. And then I came to the realization that this isn't going away anytime soon, anyway. So I got to also live a life. So I made a little signs for the dogs, and everywhere I walked them, I had little protest things, did some protests in uh, Utah. I, I did not do any protesting in Idaho because I was in a very rural area of it. and I was kind of afraid they might shoot me. <laughs> so, That's fair. I, I didn't do that. Um, but it, it was, it was cool. And yep. to make people like look, especially when I would have the dogs, like in Jackson uh, Jacksonville, I was walking around downtown and people would just kind of stop and, give it a second look and then they'd scream out of their car excited about it. The bagel lady like took pictures of them. in front of their place.
0: Did you get pushback anywhere you went?
1: I didn't. No, I think um I mean Utah was they were way into the protest, so like they they were all doing it around Salt Lake anyways. Yeah. Um and then in uh Idaho I didn't do it. Um and and it was pouring rain the whole time I was there, so it was hard to. Um, and then in Jackson, I think just with the area of Wyoming, it it's a lot of tourists and it tends to be a bit more liberal of an area.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but the week before I was there, there were a lot of pushback to the protesters, and they took their signs and were screaming at them. But it's um, crazy. <laughs> yeah, crazy. I know. <laughs> How dare you say someone lives lives matter? Yeah. <laughs>
0: just the worst um Mm -hmm. (laughs) well yeah i mean that's that's really cool that you went out there it's inspiring i was i was i feel like a kind of a dick now because one thing i haven't been going out to protest even though i really wanted to because uh like i'm extra susceptible to like being in a real bad position uh but then you like pretty much had the coronavirus at one point probably and you were (laughs) out there doing it and i was like well fuck you too sandra god um (laughs)
1: Immunity, I've kind of decided. There you go. But I mean anyone who's in your position, I have a friend that's super high risk as well. And
0: but yeah, I mean that's all I got. Unless there's anything you want to talk about.
1: No, I mean that basically sums it up. It was nice catching up with
0: you. Nice, (laughs) Nice catching up with you. All right, you just listened to my interview with Sandra. I hope you guys enjoyed that. It was so nice catching up and uh, I was happy, you know, from a technical standpoint, happy with the audio quality there. You know, I'm still doing these digital interviews, which is not the same um, for me. Obviously there's a personal touch. You can welcome someone into your house and give them a hug and uh, the, the, this was great and it turned out well and, you know, I'm just still building these relationships so I can go out there once everything's over and hug everybody. That's my goal but <laughs> we'll see we'll see how that pans out uh, we talked about non-alcoholic beer for a minute there uh, if you haven't heard already you can go to bravis.com b-r-a-v-u-s check out some of their amazing non-alcoholic beers um, personal favorite is the oatmeal stout and the peanut butter stout but if you use code friend request you get 10 percent off there so if you're thinking about trying non-alcoholic beers or you want some recommendations there's a good place to start and That's really all I got, guys. I'm so happy to be back. We have some amazing interviews coming up. Uh, I've got a lot of them recorded already. I think you're really in for a treat in the second season. And thank you so much for all the stuff you guys have done uh, in the first season with your support and your messages. The people that have reached out to me over the summer with some of the most heartfelt things I've ever heard. I love you. Thank you so much. Guys, take care of yourselves. I will talk to you next week. It's good to be back.